Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. Uh, I'm excited about what we're going to share. And so um, I'm, 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 I'm just let me set you up a little bit. We're going to do a little teaching today. Uh, so uh, I don't know how you would describe me, but people sometimes call me a, a preacher teacher or a teacher preacher based on which uh, verse I'm reading. But we're going to dig down a little bit. We're going to dig down a little bit. And, and I want to walk through. And, and before I, I totally freak you out, uh, I, I did my best to break what the rest of the story of Joseph. And so we are in this series, the sermon series called Living the Dream. And basically we're walking just through Joseph's story. And so I did my best and I came up with six principles needed to complete the dream, but I'm only doing three today. (laughs) And then we'll come back and do three next week. Is that fair? Is that fair? Because let me just tell you, I, I think there are principles that we all need. You know, you know, a lot of times, you know, you dream a dream and you think, okay, man, that's easy. I'm going to dream this dream and we're good. But I believe that there are principles that, that cause us to really unlock what God has inside us. And so um, I, I do have my Bible, and I just know that there, our church, we have so many like deep thinkers. And, and, and so just because it's hard for me to turn, because this doesn't really have a lot of feeling yet, I take the Bible and I just put it all right here. So I'm actually reading the Bible. <laughs> I just want you. <laughs> and so I just have it here just in case I need to turn to something else with my one hand. So, um, but, uh, and so when I say turn to a place, I'm, I'm actually just reading the Bible and I have it on the screen. So I just, well, what are you doing? <laughs> why, is the Bible, why is the Bible up there, but you never use it? Uh, I'm using it, I promise. Um, but no, seriously, um, uh, we're on our third um, series, third week of our series, and I hope that you've enjoyed that. If you've missed it, go back and download our app and get the audio, because I, I really do believe that this is something strategic for where our church is going. I want to jump right into it. Genesis chapter 39, verse 1 through 12, and we're going to read 12 verses, and I already know uh, um, this is... Uh, way too many verses to read. I get it. Nobody reads 12. You know, if you go to a hipster church, you're going to read one and a half. Uh, but uh, we're, we're going to go ahead and we're going to read this whole story because I really feel like it's going to help us. Uh, uh, Genesis chapter 39, uh, verse 1 through 12. And it, and, and it says this, I think it's on the screen. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. So we talked about the fact that, you know, he had favor God had, uh, his dad had given him favor. He had a coat, and then his dad sent him on an errand. We're just going to do a little catch up. And his brothers uh, put him in a pit and sold him to the Ishmaelite traders. And now this is where we pick up the story. Okay. Um, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. When the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of the master of the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. 
So Joseph found favor in the sight and served him. That's that's important. And served him. And he made him an overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. So it was from that time that he made him an overseer of his house and all that he had. And the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that was in the house in the field. And thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. In other words, Joseph was just running everything under Potiphar's uh, authority. And he didn't even know what he was doing, but he knew he was going, and he knew it was great because it was prospering. Okay, Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife casting long eyes on Joseph and she said, lie with me. Okay. (laughs) Just went from PG to PG 13 real quick. All right. But he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house and he has committed all that he has into my hand there was no one greater in his house than i nor has he kept anything back from me look at this but you because you were his wife now then i now then can i do this great wickedness and sin against god so it was as she spoke to joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. You understand what I'm saying? We're just reading this, but if we put it in, co- Joseph, hey, Joe, hey, Joey, <laughs> come on, Joey, Jojo, you know, I, come on, God. listen. I know Bible. It's like, and he did not lie with her, and she wanted to lie with him, and she did not. And so you're like, blah, 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 blah. but if we were in the movie, you understand what I'm saying? It would be different. You would have the little seductive music. You know what I'm saying? You'd have the little, I don't know, sash on the ground. You know what I'm saying? This would be the part in the show where, you know, anybody at a, you know, would have to look away. (laughs) You know, you look away. This is kind of an intense, awkward moment, Okay. You know, and sometimes we get so churchy and, oh, man, Joe. But, I mean, it was like, hey, okay? (laughs) Listen to this. But it happened about that time when Joseph went to the house to do his work. I'm I'm just trying to get my wife. I'm just trying to get paid. That's all I'm trying to do. And none of the men were in the house. And she caught him by his garments and said, lie with me. And he left his garments in her hand and fled and ran outside. Then the story goes on and she accuses him of trying to uh, uh, lie with her and Potiphar gets very, very upset and moves him to another jail and it kind of spirals for a minute. But I want to walk through some principles that I think will help us in completing the dream that we can see from Joseph. The first is this, and and, and so this is over the concept of completing the dream that God has in you. And here's the thing. You may be sitting here, and you may be thinking, I don't even know what the dream is. Honestly, my life has been so tough and so hard. I don't don't dream. I don't dream. And, and, And my encouragement to you would be 
I don't know anybody who thrives when they stifle. I just don't know if you can thrive if you stifle. And so that doesn't mean that you don't have a reason to stifle. But, but when you suppress, life is valuable. Your life is valuable. All life is valuable. Red, yellow, black, and white, baby. Come on. All life is valuable. And God gives us life because there's something for us to be and something for us to do. But the enemy comes in, rejection, discouragement, hurt, you know, misconceptions, miscommunication comes in and just wrecks havoc sometime. And, and then we shut down and we get into surviving rather than thriving. Come on, have you seen it? Okay. Here is what I'm telling you. If you're going to unlock the dream in your heart, you're going to have to keep trusting in God. And I know that that's very simple and it sounds churchy, but you're going to have to trust in God because here's the thing. Even though it was a horrific, horrible moment, can you just imagine Joseph being a pit, in a pit, screaming for his brothers to help, and they're eating a snack? And they sell him into... The, the Ishmaelite traders, and now he is a slave. He used to be a son, listen to this, now he's a slave. He used to have favor, and, and now he is dictated on what he will do and how he will do it. And even in that terrible moment, the Bible says that the Lord is with him. The Lord is with him. In other words, God was still present. The promise is still in effect. The power to overcome is still available. God is still present. And here's what I want us to know about our dream. When God grows something in your life, he does not do it the way you want. We have way too many believers offended by the process or by leadership or by a church or by schedules or by an employee or by an employer, but God is going to choose to develop you and he's not going to take your opinion on it. Joseph was a favored son and here's the bottom line. If he'd have stayed there, he'd have been nothing more than dad's favorite. He had to go through something. He had to grow. He had to be challenged. He had to be told no. He had to be developed. He had to have his paradigm shifted. He had to have some things happen. And the only way that it was going to happen is not from a place of favor, success, notoriety, achievement. It was going to happen in the down and the dirty. That's how God was going to develop him. Here's what I'm asking you. Put your dream in God's hands. Anybody can trust God when they're winning. Come on. Anybody can trust God when they're winning. Anybody can trust God when people are cheering for them and you're the greatest and you're anointed and you're the best boss and you're the best employee and you're the, you're the smartest one in our company and you're the, come on, anybody can feel good at that time. Anybody can feel called by God at that time. Come on, you're, you're the best in this, um, in this computer business. You're the best teacher. You're the best. But when you have a moment when you feel like you're not, and someone has taken something from you, you've made a position change, it's gotten hard, it's in that moment that you have to start saying, okay, God, I ain't feeling it, and this ain't like home, but I trust you. 
I trust that you're leading me. I trust that you're developing me. I trust, come on, that you're guiding me. I'll never forget this elderly woman that I used to know. And I, 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 I'm from Hot Springs, and I went to that church for 20 years. And she had a ministry to men. Young men would, would, who were in transitional seasons of their life from 18 to like 25. And she, would, she bought this home and had three bedrooms. And, and she would ch- charge them very cheap rent. And they would help her with chores around the house. She was in her older age. And every uh, Saturday morning, she would do this sawmill breakfast. And she would impart into them. And everybody loved her and everybody thought she was great. And she was developing these young men. You can't do that. You can't act like that. You can't call your girlfriend. You got to do this. I mean, she was developing them. And one day I remember this one guy sits down and says, wow, how did all this start? It's crazy. Her husband passed away. Both sons committed suicide. And tears in her eyes, she said, I knew that God had called me to help men. And I just didn't have any men left. But my dream didn't die. And she did that for 20 years. And some of the men that have come from her place are now pastors, business owners, high caliber leaders. God has something in you and life tries to crush it. But you've got to make a decision that you're going to do what God's called you to do, even if everything works out. Come on. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that she just got up. I mean, there were moments when, you know, she was still mourning and still crying, but yet it still didn't stop the calling. Come on, somebody, on her life, on her life. You know, everyone has struggles of moments with doubt. We're going to doubt. But as a believer, you want to make sure that that doubt does not lead you to unbelief. Momentary doubt sometimes will cause you to seek an answer. Hey, I don't know what I believe about this. Let me dive in. I don't know what I think about this. Let me dive in. But when that doubt is able to perpetuate, then it will lead you, look at me, to non-belief. And here's the deal. I believe the one thing that hurts God more than anything is the fact that we don't believe that he's capable that he is capable. Listen, when doubt begins to produce in our life, it forms confusion. Then we become critical. And then we become calloused. That's what doubt will lead to. Well, I prayed and God didn't. Or I did this and God didn't. And here's what happens. It moves into confusion because I thought, because one preacher told me one time that God would. Or someone told me one time that God, and then what happens is we become confused. We get confusion and the Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. Then we become critical. Well, I don't know. And then we sit back and we, well, I don't know. And now we see churches all over America that people are more critical then they are ready to learn and grow and become what God's called them to be. And then our heart gets hard, and I don't want to go to work. I don't want to serve. I don't want to go to life group. I don't want to know anybody. I, don't want, I just want to come in and do my deal and, you know, and leave. Because we're hard in here. 
James 1, 6 through 8 says, but, he, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. I don't know where you are today, but I can tell you by looking at the life of Joseph that God was still present, that the promise was still, come on, in effect, and the power to overcome was still available. And I believe that you have all three of those things today. The second thing is this, and we're going to get super practical on this. If you're going to achieve your dream, you're going to have to do your best. You're going to have to do your best. And you know what? We do a lot in church about preaching about what God will do, and we do very little preaching about what we have to do. But let's look at this. Joseph moved from a slave, from from really favor to a slave with no value, but then he began to become a slave with great influence. He was still a slave. But influence and work, and and listen, he did his best in a harsh environment. I hear so many people, well, you don't know my boss. Well, you don't know my, I understand, you don't know Potiphar. When Joseph got off the wagon, listen, he was nothing more than a slave. But something in Joseph began to rise. And I'm going to see this as an opportunity. And even though he had a very, very hard past, he didn't get off the wagon like a victim. Come on. He worked under a system that he did not understand and he thrived. Not because he was this great leader, but because he was a great servant. The Bible never talks about his leadership. It always talks about his servant. He served, and he grew, and he served, and he grew, and he served, and he grew. And then he became the leader of, come on, it all. Listen, I meet people all the time who are fantastic leaders. They're just not really good servants. Come on. You ever know those people? Listen, we're just talking. Come on, don't get, don't get upset. I ain't talking to you. And I'm not talking to your wife. <laughs> I'm not talking to your husband. Come on. But you know the people. They're great leaders. They have great opinions. And so when anybody else talks, they're, they're going to cut you off and they're going to talk. Come on. Joseph, you don't understand? Joseph didn't cut off Potiphar. I'm just, I'm just saying he was a slave. And we don't kind of understand that mentality really in our Western culture. But what I want you to know is that he, threw, he thrived in a harsh environment because God was with him and he did his best. He worked hard. He worked hard. I believe the people of the house are the best employees. We're not trying to clock in and just do our minimum. We're exceeding. We're over and above. You know why? Because we don't work for you. We work for the Lord. Now, I will honor you and I will serve you, but I am working as unto the Lord. And so I know that God sees me even when you don't. I ain't trying to steal pencils. Come on, somebody. I'm not trying to take an extra 25 minutes for lunch. Because I need you to know the favor of God is on my life. And if you hire me, I'm going to be the best employee that you've ever had. Not because I am smarter and more intelligent than anybody else, but because I'm going to serve you like I serve God. Come on. 
Dreams don't happen for people that don't work. I believe that God was giving Joseph an opportunity to win in the enemy's camp. I, I, I get it. You never wanted that job. I get it. You, you never wanted to be there. You never wanted to do that. I get it. But can you win in the enemy's camp? Because that's what we're called. Come on. If you, it was just a type and shadow. This ain't our home. We're going to heaven. There's going to be a time when we don't have to work as hard and toil as hard. You understand what I'm saying? But we're right here. We, this is a little bit of the enemy's camp. But we're going to thrive and we're going to be the best, come on somebody, employees that there is. And we're not going to disqualify all of our leaders because they're fleshly. We're going to work hard and we're going to be the best. How did he do it? Let me, let me just tell you. He saw this job as an opportunity. Please, I'm asking you, don't think like culture. Don't think like entitlement. Because entitlement will make you lazy. The worst thing you could have is tenure. Here's what I'm saying. I'm, I, I understand why, and I think that obviously we don't need to cut off teachers because they get a certain age, and I, I, get, I know why. But I also know that once we have the ability to coast, we no longer do our best. And as a believer, we do our best to the end. No matter what we're doing, we do our best. It's funny in the employment world that the employees have so many demands. And I, I, I'm gonna, I've been an employee. I've worked at a barbecue shop. I get it. So, so I'm, don't, don't be sending me no hate mail. Okay? I've been an employee. But I'm just telling you, you ask any business owner if it's hard to find good help. And the truth is, it is. And here's the thing. Sometimes Christians are the worst. We've got to set the curve. We've got to set the curve. Come on. I, I, my favor and my work as unto the Lord is going to make a way for me that there was no way. And, and I'm, gonna be, I'm, I'm just going to be a really great employee. Listen, there is difference between principle and preference. And can I tell you, we got so many people wanting to say, take this job and over preference. Principle is if your business owner tells you to do something unlawful or illegal, come on, or it's going to hurt someone. But if they say, hey, we're going to change the policy. Oh, I see. I already knew it. I already knew it. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you understand there's only two options. You either change with it or we can find somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just don't. I just I remember when J.B. Hunt was this kind of company. But well, they're not that company anymore. Now they're this and they do billions and billions of dollars of work. And here's what they're doing. If you want to work for them, here's what you're going to do. I, mean, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you cannot, you're liking it or not. Come on. Joseph didn't like. I, they're calling me a slave. When you say Hebrew, I really feel like. You're saying that and you're belittling me. He had all the issues that we have, but he thrived. And it did, listen to this, it did not stop Potiphar from seeing God in him and saying, I want you in charge of everything except for my wife. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Listen, he did his work as unto the Lord. 
Work unto the Lord. He worked diligently for Potiphar and diligently then for the jailer. He didn't pass the buck. He didn't steal pencils. He didn't spend extra 45 minutes in the bathroom checking his phone on Facebook. I have to go to the bathroom, boss. Come on. He had an owner mindset. He wasn't a renter. And I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm, we're renting, so, you know, well, what are you saying? I'm saying that we're renting, oh, but I'm saying that I think like an owner. When I walk in and I see something, I'm not looking for someone else to do that. If I see the trash, I, I just take it out. Well, that's not my job. That's a wrong thought. If you see the need, meet it. Come on. Does this make sense? This is how Jonas, Joseph thrived in his dream because God was developing some principles and some habits that he could not get with favor and a, and a, and a bright, shiny coat. He had an owner mindset. He didn't think like a slave even though they called him one. Come on. He didn't think like he was abandoned. He didn't live in the past. He didn't talk about every five seconds his old coat. Come on. Well, at my old job, y'all don't know, I was, real, I was really awesome at my old job. Okay, great. Well, why aren't you awesome at this job? Come on. Come on. Is this right? You know anybody who loves to talk about high school? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Listen. Listen. Come on. That, come on. That touchdown was a long time ago. Okay? We understand you used to good herky, but ain't nobody want to see it now. Okay? All I'm saying is, it, it, it wasn't about what he had been. It was about what he was doing. It was about what he was doing. You know, my old job, I was somebody. Or I was this. Listen, many times, Joseph had to start over. And every time he did, he won. Every time he did. My encouragement to us today is this. Wherever you are, do your best. Hold the dream. That's what I'm talking about. If you're going to hold the dream, it, there's going to be a challenge. Hold it. Don't let your circumstances or your feelings distract you from the opportunity that God has given you. Come on, somebody. The truth of the matter is, if Joseph would have stayed with his family, he'd have been nothing more than a favorite. But God is creating and taking you somewhere that you've never been. Do your best. The last one, and I got six minutes. Come on. And y'all give me some time here. You got to keep your purity. You got to keep your purity. See, these are all things that I have witnessed that kill dreams. When you no longer trust the Lord, the enemy is going to take you out. And when you don't work hard because you feel like someone did something hard to you, so you, or you don't understand the culture, you don't get or whatever, then what's going to happen is you're not going to get the favor that, that God wants. But then the next thing, if you can get over the first two, and you start getting a little success, come on, you start thriving, people are start being like, man, look at this guy, look at this girl. Then here's what's going to happen. You're gonna, your purity is going to be tested. And look, I want to see this. Over the last 25 years of ministry, this is the one area that I have seen cause more devastation than anything else. From affairs to pornography to curiosity to a desire for adventure. 
all I'm saying is, you know, most of the time, nobody starts out trying to wreak, wreak havoc or hurt people. But it's just simple. It starts with a little Facebook message or running into an old, someone you knew in, in uh, 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 the mall. or the, I said the mall. like Nobody goes to the mall anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you just went into Walmart or you went into a store and all of a sudden you saw someone and, 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 and it kind of it, it, it triggered something. Maybe you saw an old boyfriend or girlfriend. And maybe there's been some tension in the relationship or the marriage. And all of a sudden, you have this distraction. This distraction. As a pastor, I'm going to be very candid with you. I walk a very delicate line. And, and here's why. Because I want people to know that they're loved before they're judged. And we're not judging you. We love you. And we care about you. We care about your, your, where you're at. And we know that everybody has a story on why they're where they are. I know that. And so the last thing that I want to do is have people come in and feel heavy because I'm not good enough. Come on. But on the same token, if I just speak love and know truth, then ultimately you will not be set free. And the goal is to challenge you to see God work something. Come on, something in you. For me, you know, uh, my... Purity was a struggle. You know, I grew up with my dad every time we were around. He'd be like, hey, man, look. And he was not pointing to uh, her hair. And so it was, it was you know, I, I was naive. I wasn't even looking. And then, 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 you know, my dad put, you know what I'm saying? And then I have friends. And, and I have, I, then I have no, an absent father. And before I know it, I, I'm in this struggle for years. And here's what I realized about overcoming is sometimes God will deliver you in a moment and I believe that he can. But the one thing that, that cannot be delivered is your character. It has to be built. And what I found out is that I wanted God to take something but I never wanted to develop anything. And so I had to develop my character and so what did that mean? That means I had to go to my wife. That means I had to change some things. That means that I had to get some stuff and filters or whatever. That means that I, there were movies I didn't watch. There were things. I had to make some changes in my life because I wanted, come on, I wanted to be free. And a lot of people want to be free with no change. Well, that, that sounds like the law. No, it doesn't. I just didn't want to be in bondage. I wanted to be free. Listen, all of us have a story. And maybe you're in a relationship right now and you're scared of marriage, you're scared of commitment. And, and I'm just telling you that, that more people deal with this struggle than you think. And if the church is silent about it, then here's what we'll do. We'll think like culture. We'll think like culture. And I, and I, and I want to think like culture. Psalms 51.10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. Romans 13.14 says, 
put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh or to gratify its desires. Colossians 3, 5 says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, covetousness, and which is idolatry. Many dreams have been broken because of this discipline. Joseph could have justified it. Listen to what I'm saying. Well, I never wanted to be here. Well, I, I, if I was with my dad, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have lied with her. Well, this is my brother's fault. Come on. He could have said, well, you know what? You shouldn't have put me in charge. Then she would have never noticed me. All I'm telling you is this. Potiphar was a man of importance. And that, you have to know that his wife was probably beautiful because it gives his credentials about who he was. Look how he responds. Look at what he says. How can I do this wicked thing and sin against God? And then look at what he did. It's not even just what he said because some of us say the right things. Look at what he did. And he left his garments in her hand and he ran away. He ran away. Here are some helpful thoughts about purity. I'm going to give you four real quick. The first is refuse to fantasize about something that can harm you. Come on. Refuse to fantasize about something that can harm you. Joseph wasn't dreaming about Potiphar's wife. Come on. He was dreaming about the, the dream in his heart. The thing that God said, here's what I'm going to give you. And that was his focus. And that was what he wanted to be. And that was what he wanted to He wasn't dreaming about, okay, what shack can I get Potiphar's wife in? And when will Potiphar leave so that I, uh, he wasn't, come on. Don't fantasize about something that can harm you. The second thing is, don't embrace a lie. So how was it going to work out? Was Potiphar going to come home one day and go, oh, you love my wife better than I do. You can have her. You know, you know, you know how this was going to work out? They were going to kill Joseph. And then she, the wife was probably going to die too. Come on. The enemy will always disguise and hide the trap, and he'll always show you the cheese. <laughs> Come on. Don't embrace the lie. Well, it's okay. Well, I just need someone to talk to. Well, you know what? For some reason, this person just understands me. I didn't mean for this to happen. I am not judging anyone, so do not think that. I am a pastor, and I'm trying to lead us so that the enemy does not rob us. Come on. Three, allow your conviction to move past just what's right and wrong and move to what pleases God. Joseph didn't say, I'm not going to do that because it's wrong or right. He said, I'm not going to do that because of God. Because of God. God has plans for your sexuality. And that plan is marriage, a covenant, commitment, and building something that will last. And we love you. 
So do not feel judged because if you do, that's the enemy. Because here's the deal. We had a couple that came in here. They were broken. They were hurt. They sat here for nine months. And we just began to love on them and teach the word. Love on them and teach the word. And they were the first couple that we married in our house. And then once they got married, their life began to thrive. So do not think that, well, well, well now he's thinking and does he know and his... I don't care. I'm going to love you and hug you. But I'm telling you, if you want to be free, you're going to have to go to the next level. Does that make sense? Is that, is that fair? Yeah. The fourth and the last is this. Be quick to declare a new beginning. If you fail and you mess up, if you sin in this area, just... Don't, don't, don't fall victim to the enemy's heaviness and lies. Just, just say, God, I repent. I repent from my sin, and, 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 I, and I'm asking you to cleanse me. And, and what steps do I need to take? And what accountability do I need? But I've got to fight for my purity because here's the thing, is that if Joseph would have embraced this moment as exciting as it might have been, it had destroyed everything. My goal is not that we have perfect marriages and we have perfect families, but we're always working to take the wrong thought out and put the wrong right thought in. Come on. Come on. Today, God has a plan for your redemption. For your redemption. And, and my assignment today is hold the dream. Hold the dream. And so as we end, I, I don't know if any of these three areas have prevented you from keeping the dream alive. But here's what I want to tell you. God's not done with your life. And the Bible says that if we repent... He will restore us, and we can move on and do all the things that we call. Well, how can I teach now? How can I lead now? Because I did X, Y, Z. You got something to teach? Now you got something to teach? Does that make sense? Let me teach now. Let me, t- let me talk now. Let me do this now. Now I, 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 I've, I've seen it play in my own life, and now i got to come on. Let's take every lie that the enemy has produced and let's move that into a victory for the king. And let's see people who feel like they don't belong in church move into church and say, you know what? There's a calling of God on your life. And I believe that today is a new beginning. Someone's going to trust God again. I believe today is a new beginning. And somebody's going to begin to work hard in their job and, and get that chip off your shoulder and begin to work as unto God. And I believe that somebody today is going to say, okay, I'm done. I'm clicking off that channel. I'm not going to watch that movie. I'm not going to go that place. I'm going to end this right now. I'm going to come on. Because here's the deal. There's a dream inside me, and I know the enemy wants to steal it. Amen? You got to stand up with me. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.